If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Here we are, Yachts. You, you wasted your greatest joke on, on oh. just me alone. Sorry, we were in warm-up mode. Well, I could always just say the joke again. So, yeah, it's what I wanted to talk about with sequels was like, is there a difference between sequels, uh, serials, uh, and and series, that sort of thing? And I was saying, yes, the difference between a series and a serial is that a series often consists of several possibly disconnected properties, hmm. whereas a serial is a substance made of oats and corn, usually served with milk and eaten for breakfast in the morning. Do you see? Do you see what we were able to re? The magic we were able to recreate for you, everyone. See what fun we have when you're not around, viewers. <laughs> It's probably going to get really boring now. <laughs> well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Jack Packard. And I'm Yarty Crowshaw. And on Slightly Something Else today, we're talking sequels. Possibly because we've all been playing Horizon, Forbidden West, and Elden Ring, and various other AAA sequels at the moment. Mm. Although I guess Elden Ring isn't technically a sequel. But, you know. Yeah, that gets wibbly-wobbly as far as spiritual successor goes, and we're not going to dip into that. But the the biggest you know news as far as games you can actually play, the games that everyone can actually play, is Horizon Forbidden West. And mostly the biggest complaint I have heard, uh, the le- legitimate complaint I've heard about Hor- the new Horizon, is that it's more of the same of Horizon Zero Dawn. As well, someone who's a big quite. fan, I'm, I don't feel like that's a problem, but that's what we're here to talk about. Well, that uh, brings me to my first point, I suppose, is that uh, there's many wonderful and varied kinds of sequels that I've run into in my time. Mm-hmm. You can have the uh, the more of the same sequel, or sometimes what, uh, what I've referred to as uh, the expansion pack sequel. Yes. You can have the, uh, the uh, this time for realsies sequel, where it's basically just... Uh, the first game, but they polished it up a bit and added some more features. Oh, so sure. it's really just the first, it's really just renders the first game obsolete. Uh, what's an example of For Realsies this time sequel? Uh, Hand of Fate 2, Left for Dead 2. Mm. I always thought We Love Katamari felt like the uh, this time For Realsies sequel to the first Katamari game because mm. it's got much of the same levels, but then it's just got some more levels and it's generally better. Oh, okay. There you go. And then you have sequels like the um, the same game again sequel. I always thought Bayonetta two was a bit of a the same game again sequel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you have the sort of sequels that Assassin's Creed two, uh, Assassin's Creed generally indulged in over the course of its time, where it's more of the same but with like one more weapon added, and usually the weapon would just make things slightly easier mm-hmm. until you end up with Assassin's Creed Syndicate where it's just Assassin's Creed again, but now we've taken out the climbing. You don't have to climb at all. Now you can just hook shot straight onto the roofs. I think like Bye. that is that 
is the true hallmark of a sequel in general is does it add a hook shot? There are so many sequels that just add a hook shot. <laughs> well, you must be happy with Horizon Forbidden West then. I I am I am a, a big fan of grapple hooks. Uh, you know this, uh, but uh, even even something like you know Doom Eternal that was one of their big innovations mm. was just adding a grappling hook, and I love that. I think the first the first example of uh, uh, expansion pack sequel that I remember recognizing was probably Doom Two. Okay, it was more levels of Doom, basically the same. They added some more weapons. Mm -hmm. Well, they added one more weapon, and they added some more baddies. <laughs> and, of course, there's the kind of sequel that's uh, basically a completely new franchise sequel, Ooh. or basically an entirely different game sequel. Sure. Doom 3. Blimey, Doom's had all of them. Doom's had all the varieties of sequels in its time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, the joy of being around as long as Doom has, is they've dipped their toe in every uh, pool of sequel. You know, not to digress or anything, but it seems it doesn't seem like grappling hooks have been coming up an awful lot lately. Grappling hooks have been coming up an awful lot, and I'm again, I'm okay with that because I really enjoy grappling hooks. I think yeah, I, use, I like grappling fun. hooks. I feel like we're getting a bit of grappling hook bloat at the moment. I, I think mean, when I when they brought it out in Horizon Forbidden West, I had this distinct sense of oh, here we fucking go again. Because <laughs> of course, Halo Infinite had a grapple hook. That's right. Uh, Doom Eternal had the grapple hook. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dying Light Two had the grapple hook. I think part of it, part of it, is probably a pacing issue. Where you know, a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn was climbing, and climbing in the Horizon games isn't necessarily gameplay. You know, you you mostly just pick a direction. It's very uncharted climbing. And well, so, often in, some, in Assassin's Creed, I would use climbing as a sort of environmental puzzle. Sure, we had to figure out the route up, which mm. obviously Syndicate did away with. In, entirely right and horizon does away with the puzzle element because you can just click your focus and it shows you all the little lines you can climb on mm. uh but so to me the grapple hook in horizon is more just a w listen we know climbing isn't necessarily fun here's a way to climb a little faster well you know what you could have done hmm. make the environment a bit smaller so you don't need a traversal gimmick to get across them in a way that feels uh, speedy. But the Vistas, Yahtzee, you need the Vistas. Well, now we're getting to it, because a lot of people <laughs> will say that a sequel just needs to be uh, the game again, but more of it, and bigger and more spectacular. And that's where this sort of shit happens. That's yeah. where you end up where AAA games are just more dreary spectacle. That looks good on the first 20 minutes of gameplay video they fart out for E3. Mm -hmm. But ultimately just makes games more of an arse to develop and more of a slog to play. Me, I've always liked the approach of Silent Hill 2, Tuck. Always liked to bring that game up. Where it wasn't particularly a bigger game, but it was a much more focused one. Focusing on characters and focusing on atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Everyone agrees it's a stronger game. Than its predecessor. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's. I, I'm of two very different minds here. Whereas you know there are some sequels to games like Horizon, uh, Forbidden West, uh, like Spider-Man, Miles Morales, where it is just expansion pack sequel. Expansion pack sequel, sure. But it is basically just more of the first game. And I'm okay with that because I liked the first game so much. So, yes, I just want more of the first game. This is great. This is exactly what I was hoping for. 
Well, uh, perhaps you should have bought DLC then. I did buy all the DLC for Horizon and Spider-Man and played it all and finished it all. Uh, to my so mind, a more. certain expectation of escalation, elevation, or evolution is uh, implied by uh, spreading out a sequel and indeed expected. Because you know what, Jack, if the game wasn't just more of the first game, if it had taken the first game and evolved it and jumped off from it in ways that was all the more exciting and made you all, made your, uh, conv- made your enthusiasm for the franchise uh, lit anew, Ooh, then yeah. what you would not be saying is, well, it was fine, but I kind of wished it had just been more of the first game. That's what you would not be saying at that point. Correct. So you'll forgive a certain amount of skepticism when you say you're fine with it just being more of the first game. I mean, there are there are examples that I can probably think of where it is just more of the first game and I'm not fine with it because, yeah, it's just more of the first game. They don't do anything new. Uh, I think, uh, you know, if we're if we're including context in this for something like Horizon, whose story I really liked, I'm also interested in just seeing where the story continues. And that's where I, I started with you about, like, what's the difference between like a, a series and a sequel? So, you know, this is Horizon Forbidden West. Could this be considered part of the series of Horizon? Well, the fact that it had a unnecessary subtitle right from the beginning suggested they were yeah. going to do a series. Well, but there's so un- there's so many unnecessary subtitles. There's no possible way we could have known that. Yeah, this time <laughs> it worked out, I guess. <laughs> Are you really invested in the story? Because from what little of plight of played of Horizon Forbidden West, I keep getting the same thought comes keeps crossing my mind, which is this seems really badly written. <laughs> I, I'm not wanting to. My review is probably not going to come out for a while yet, because of course Sony hate had guts, so we didn't get a review copy until release day. Right. So I'm going to be putting my Elden Ring out review before my Horizon review, because mm. from software are nice. The but, um, from what little I've played of Horizon so far, the dialogue just really makes me want to zone out yes uh so far and and neither of us are very very far into horizon forbidden west but what i was saying is i really enjoyed the story of horizon zero dawn and so i was interested in seeing that story go further so far the story of horizon forbidden west is lackluster if not sloppy at some points yes when i went into forbidden west i was like okay this is the sequel to horizon zero dawn and i realized i completely had no idea what to expect from the main character because i remembered literally nothing about them personality wise i couldn't remember what their voice sounded like oh they were just like a big blank space with orange dreadlocks (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's most right no no and i i really liked uh aloy's character i really liked her journey i really like her voice actress um, whose name I have no idea of. I just think it's a good voice. Um, but a lot of, a lot of, Hor- and you know, this is not spoiler because again, we're not very far in, like a lot of Horizon Forbidden West seems as if Aloy is just saying, like make almost making excuses for why we have to start over with all of our equipment, why we have to start over with like learning everybody's names again. Yeah, so it, it feels like a problem, a lot of, uh, game dialogue has that I've noticed in previous games where it sort of 
A to B syndrome, where the dialogue is clearly only exists to get from A to B mm-hmm. with no further, you know, opportunity taken for character development or like, uh, like chemistry. It's always just, we need to explain what needs to be explained to the player now. And once that has been explained, we must stop talking. (laughs) Yes, it definitely, this one feels a little more rushed and a little more utility. Whereas I felt in the first game, things felt a little more natural. Um, Again, I remember so little about it. Well, that's fair. But as possible, we're digressing from the point. It's true. It's true. And so, but so that's one half of me. One half of me is very much in favor of, yes, just like I read comic books. I like a serial. I like a series. I like a a continuing story. The other half of me enjoys um, Doki Doki Panic over Super Mario 2 The Lost Levels. I want a sequel to be weird and strange and different. Well. Something I've said in the past in reviews. I'm slightly distracted by your mug. What what's that on your mug? Uh that is that is Paul Rudd from Wet Hot American Summer. Making a okay. face. Alright. Sorry. Lost my train of thought for a second there. Yes. Something I've said in my review is that a good sequel should use the original as something to jump off of. Mm-hmm. Whereas a bad sequel is one that just sort of wallows in the original like it has no real ambition except to say hey you know that thing you liked here's more of it give us cash (laughs) sure sure so and i think when i say jumping off uh from the original that can be in either the gameplay sector or in the story sector I want to see like gameplay evolved with interesting new mechanics or maybe elevated to a new setting the way Arkham City elevated the gameplay of Arkham Asylum to the sure. open world, the way Elden Ring elevates the gameplay of Dark Souls to the open world, or it can jump off in the original story. It can, uh, the perfect example for that would be The Empire Strikes Back. It took the all the fun and excitement of the original. It took the little dangling threads that were left off an otherwise fully contained narrative and really expanded the universe, expanded the characters and their relationships. Sure. So I think that that's what you're talking about. What you want from a, a, a sequel is like that story side of things. You want to see things expanded absolutely whereas whereas it's talking specifically of horizon forbidden west it almost feels like the story has contracted where mm. uh, you know if if you remember or to jog your memory uh the a big part or a really neat segment of horizon zero dawn was if you completed uh, certain characters side quests uh, at the end during the big boss battle they would actually come and join you and help out for the big boss battle and that was a really neat and satisfying narrative gameplay collaboration. Oh, no. Do you have a dog issue? No, no, no. No. I'm just messing with my headphones. Oh, the okay. dog is fast asleep in my jacket like he usually is. Perfect. Uh, but but so uh, that also, like, narratively for Aloy, uh, that was very satisfying because, of course, she started her life out as an outcast. And by the end, mm. oh, she has so many friends. She's learned the value of community. Whereas in Horizon Forbidden West, she says, bye, everyone. I never want to see you yeah. again. Yeah, she clearly has absolutely <laughs> no interest in the people around her and uh, clearly has no regrets in uh, getting the fuck away from them forever right in fact that seems to be what she's like nigh on uh chomping at the bit to do from the very beginning of the second game to get the to like 
immediately isolate herself from everyone she knows right and part of that i know is just the nature of games in that people play games differently whereas i did unlock all of my helpers for the final battle not everybody did and so you have to start a sequel story at different uh at different points for different gamers see i'm kind of torn by this question should a sequel uh continue a story that began in the first game or do the Empire Strikes Back thing of create a new story from the threads that were left? Because that's kind of what um, Forbidden West is doing. Sure. But on the other hand, if a game is, uh, has an incomplete story, then I feel kind of uh, cheated. Okay, okay. I feel, I feel like you should resolve the main story you set up in the first one. But if you like, end it with saying, come on, let's resolve the rest of this plot. In the sequel, sequel ho, everyone. I always feel a bit uh, pissed off by that. I think yeah. in the case the case of just like creating a sequel from the loose threads is what a series does, yeah. whereas the thing that doesn't resolve the plot until the next one is what a serial does. Ooh, sure. Well, and, you know, the... I, I felt like they did an okay job in Zero Dawn as far as like, oh, you know, main story, you know, the Death Star is blown up. Uh, mm. to, to use your example, the Death Star is blown up, but Darth Vader is just spinning out in space. I wonder what happened to him. Uh, yeah. in, in Zero Dawn, they blew up their Death Star. They defeated Hades. Uh, but uh, something was, you know, left twirling in space. And so I felt like they did a good job of wrapping up the story um, I, I, yeah, but this, the second one is off to a bumpy start because they keep like, you know, there's a lot of the same characters that keep popping up. There's a lot of the same issues that keep popping up and they haven't quite, um, found their sequel stride, I guess. I don't remember any of the characters from Zero Dawn. Like the game, the game could have just like pulled out people we'd never met before, and I wouldn't have known. Well, you also, you know, I'm a I'm a side quester. I like all the side quests, and so I got true. To know all I'm the just characters. trying to power through the story end, right? Usually, I I was to... was uh was wallowing in Horizon, right? Getting through Elden Ring was a pain in the ass because mm-hmm. uh, that's definitely not really a game with a very clear critical path <laughs> uh, i think that's actually like one of the selling points yeah well yeah they've definitely breath of the wild at it they've definitely pick a direction and go and sooner or later something will mash you into dirt Ooh, I, i'm very very excited then you haven't started it yet. I you haven't got a review code yet. No. He's some kind of pleb. Yes. He doesn't get review codes. I, I, I am a giant pleb who gets no review codes for video games or movies. I have to wait until they're released like, a, like an animal. <laughs> I've already done my one week of gameplay and I'm working on the... Re- I finished writing up the review this very day. That's why it won't be tomorrow's review. It'll be next week's ah, review. Well, that makes sense. Well, dang, I guess. Yeah. So what what the point what what my point is or the point I'm trying to get across is I feel like all all sequels, no matter whether you're continuing the story, whether you're giving a similar gameplay or whether you are wildly branching off in a different direction, all are fine options. Are they, though? I think so. I think because so. in the cases like Bayonetta two, where it just felt like first game, but again, mm-hmm. I felt like it didn't really elevate 
or uh, jump off from it. Probably because there wasn't anywhere to go in terms of elevation, because Bayonetta 1 just starts with it cranked to 11 and then never turns it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just, and I remember basically nothing about Bayonetta 2 now. I just remember it being like a sequence of stuff that happens, much like the first game. I couldn't tell you where what where the first game ended and the second began. I could if you showed me like a sequence of a fight that happens in either game, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one it was. Fair. Well, maybe I could tell if I looked at how long Bayonetta's hair was. Mm. And I don't think that was the ambition Bayonetta 2 had when it set out to be almost entirely forgettable. Mm. Well, I guess, you know, the, the it's it's that other balance thing of like a sequel or a series also has a great opportunity to try something new because they have that brand recognizability, right? Well, you got to hope if you're invested as a creator and an artist, then you want to do something new anyway. You want to expand it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it, that's like the immediate red flag that says uh, they weren't invested. Sure. This was this was an obligation. And uh, why should I care more than they did? Sure, but because, it, but then why not just make a new game? Why not just make a new IP? Because the title? publisher wanted more money, right? And so I guess what I'm saying is a sequel has an expectation of having similar elements to the first, right? And also, you know, some of the work's already been done, right? Like, I hate like I hate to boast, but I've written some books. You have. You've wh- written several books. And when I was writing, um, when I wanted to write uh, the second book in the Galaxy for Food trilogy, we'll destroy the Galaxy for Cash. I mean, on the one hand, the thought was I wanted to write a sequel. But on the other hand, I also had a separate idea where I wanted to write a heist story. Mm-hmm. And it was happenstance that I could write that heist story as the sequel to Galaxy for Food. And... Um, so I guess when you come down to it, it's sort of a mixture of wanting to do something new and also having an existing framework right. you can do it with. That's a, that's a, that's a fun way speaking as a creator. That's, uh, that's what I'd like to approach us. That's the attitude I want to approach a sequel with. Sure, sure. And but I I think like there there's a difference when we're talking pure narrative, because like in your pure narrative novels, we can have the same characters that we enjoyed from the first one just in new scenarios. But as soon as you add gameplay into the mix, that is now part of the the formula you know part of the reason why people liked horizon zero dawn was because of the gameplay element so how much can you tweak that before you break what people liked about the first one well as i was saying this is the this is the problem assassin's creed syndicate had mm. where it uh added a gimmick to evolve the gameplay that just ended up removing some of the enjoyable challenge of the game mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so it's a it's a difficult yeah because if you are just like doing that sort of Assassin's Creed style sequel, the temptation is to come up with new gadgets, new gimmicks, mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, often these things don't really affect the core gameplay. Sure, sure, sure. And I think like you know on the on the flip side of things, we can see something. Uh, I guess we can con- we can consider this a sequel, um, but we can look at something like Pokemon Arceus, or Arceus, or however you say. Which the- I, technically, I guess we can consider a sequel to all of the Pokemon games, 
but they have drastically changed the Pokemon formula, but kept a lot of those core elements. Yeah, I think that's riding the line of spin-off myself. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I never I never played the most recent mainline Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they lent into that whole open world thing. Uh, no, uh, the Sword and Shield had like had fenced off open world areas. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they sort had the, the, Zel- the uh, Zelda style. Yeah, but they were very limited as far as like open world is concerned. You know, right? It's only open world from here to that other fence, and then as soon as you hit that other fence, we're back on that path. And the things you can do in this open world area, not not so much of them. <laughs> not so much things you can do in this open world area. Hmm. So, well, I don't know. Oh, well, I don't know. Is RCS a sequel? Do you think uh, it represents the sort of direction the series is going to go in permanently now? I hope so. I, cause as I, that, that's a game I very much enjoyed. Well, it does sort of reflect the industry trend of everything sooner or later gravitating to an open world about arsing about in a bush, doesn't it? <laughs> I can't help it. I like just farting around in a bush, all right? That's what I like to do. I like to crouch down in some tall grass and and see what things I can hunt or capture. That's what I enjoy. But is that really all you want? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes All the fighting games, all the hack and slashes, all the platform games, (laughs) all the shooters, everything sooner or later, just gravitating to the same exact point of arsing about in a bush. Uh, uh, No, absolutely not. (laughs) Even Elden Elden Ring isn't above a bit of bush arsing action. Now, uh, I I should mention Yahtzee. Uh, For some reason, I have been messaged by our editor-in-chief to be careful on what we say about Elden Ring, as apparently embargoes... uh, not completely uh, dropped. For some reason, he's messaging me and not you because I don't know. Any, huh. I can't say anything about that. <laughs> Probably realizes that I get too in the zone on these podcasts and right. don't check my phone. Exactly. So okay, as, sorry. As sorry, I haven't I, actually. Up. I wasn't talking about Elden Ring this whole time. I was talking about this completely different game you never heard of. Thank you. It's very obscure. Mm. It's from um, Kazakhstan. Uh, it's called Al- it's called Alden Wrong. I can Ooh. see how you get confused. Yeah, but everything I've said has been re- has been actually referring to that. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I love it. And so, <laughs> and so, no, and you know, obviously, you know, there there are several prominent examples of the the open world sit around. You know, some. Uh, I oh no, I'm going to forget your comedy name for it. Jiminy Cockthroat? That's the one. There we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have so many you have so many cock analogies that it's hard for me to keep track. Um, sorry. <laughs> me and my cock analogies. You and your you and your cocks. Me me shoving my cocks down your throat. D- d- frick, d- dang. <laughs> And so, you know, not everything needs to go in that direction. Uh, I think, you know, there are some things that it works for, some things that it doesn't, right? Well, yes. I mean, they've tried open world Silent Hill after the Silent Hill 2 refocusing worked out much better. Mm -hmm. They've done open worldy mechanics in games like um, Silent Hill Downpour. And uh, it was shit because of that. So, yeah, it doesn't work for everything. Right. I think I think if you have a if you have a game that's uh, ostensibly 
ostensibly about uh, a, a big open world that you're exploring, it's perfectly fine to have it be an open world game where you can hide in bushes. Yeah. All right, fine. And there's a lot of gameplay styles that the open world elevates. Survival yeah. horror isn't one of them. Right. <laughs> but I'd say um, open worlds elevate Dark Souls because Dark Souls has, has always been a sort of exploration-focused mm, okay. game about discovery and things. Mm-hmm. Not talking about any specific game there, but... No, 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 of course not. Of course not, of course not. And so, like, that's, to me, you know, reining us back into the topic at hand is, you know, specifically Horizon. So far, what I was hoping to get out of this game was uh, something very similar to uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is very similar gameplay that expands on the story. And so far with Horizon, I have gotten very similar gameplay that retracts a lot of the story. So, you know, there is a slight disappointment. Of course, I am not very far into it, as I really Mm. like to fuck around with all the side quests. Maybe you're finally becoming discerning. (gasps) What? that's what That's what happens when you play a game a week for 13 years. You start getting standards. <laughs> Never. I, I just want to play the garbage and enjoy it. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Eat your, eat your fucking fries, you disgusting McDonald's patronizing plebs. Yes. Oh, fries and nuggets, fries and nuggets. Dip them in the sauce, put them in my mouth. Yeah. Felt that riff deserved playing out. Okay, <laughs> we'll do some super chats. We can absolutely do super chats. Remember, get your super chats in now. <laughs> we have to read them out, no matter how obscene. Mm-hmm. Although you know, YouTube might censor them. You know yeah, what they're you like. Never you never know. You never know. Schwalbe seven twenty eight gives. Oh, for God's sake, twenty five somethings. Zlotties, I think Polish sure. Zlotties, I think. To say, Yats, have you bothered watching other people review The Consuming Shadow? Did they have anything more to say or did they just go graphics bad? Well, I've seen a couple of live video reviews and stuff, generally from people who were inclined to be charitable towards it. I guess, as you would be if you'd put the effort into a video review. I think it is a very, um, it does turn out kind of a niche thing. Hmm. But, you know, if people, people liked the gameplay enough, they were willing to look past certain things. But um, looking back at it now, I do agree it does look very rough. And it's clear how that turned people off. So I'm, like, uh, focusing on making Starstruck Vagabond at least somewhat okay on the eyes, as, as much as I'm <laughs> capable, I suppose. Sure, sure. So, so you've, Incident- you've taken the criticism. Incidentally, I'm going, probably going to hire a character artist at some point. So mm-hmm. if you're a character artist, maybe join the Escapist Discord. And uh, I'll probably be going, that will probably be my first port of call when I need one. Sure. Because we have like art and uh, game dev channels on there, mm. and we have some lovely fan art coming in for Adventure Is Nigh on there. That's true. That's true. Lovely, lovely fan art. A lot of it pixel fan art too. Must mm, been some good pixel fan art. Mm. Mm. Certainly. Well, I'm kind of torn on whether to use pixel art for the because what I want to what I want to commission an artist for is for the uh, character portraits that come up when their text boxes appear. Oh, sure, sure. Sort of classic visual novel style. Mm. And I'm not torn if those should be like uh, consistent with the background resolution or 
have like a, a full on. Yeah, have a uh, full on. You know, if uh, obviously like you know, uh, uh, Stardew Valley is a, a big inspiration on this, and they had lovely portraits to go along with the pixel characters. Yeah, I think those were like pixel art that, as I say, was consistent with the background resolution. Were they? And I'm and I'm like working in pretty low res, so I'm inclined to maybe uh, <laughs> sort of skirt around the whole retro look for one for that one thing in particular sure sure well there you go but maybe i'll just like christian and artist to do one of each and we'll see which one feels right hmm. nice uh just hang on just saying i got the super chats up but i lost the actual uh chat all right there it is okay next one was uh, David Foster, who gave us 449 British pounds to say thanks for the good work, escapist as usual. Jack, are you a Pathfinder main in, on Apex Legends? Uh, I have never played Apex Legends. Huh. Kind of sounded like uh, you did play it and they wanted to know something that's, about it. That's very strange. So, I mean, yeah. I'd... I don't know if you were directing that question at the wrong person, David Foster, but Jack apparently doesn't play Apex Legends. I don't. I so don't. Yeah. your search must continue. Very sorry. Uh, do you play Apex Legends? Have you played Apex Legends? Yeah, I have. I have played it, oh. as I have played a lot of things in my in the process of consideration for reviews. Sure. Never reviewed that one. Probably never will. There you go. There you go. Lucas Carr Mitchell gives five US dollars to say, Yatsi, what were your thoughts on Borderlands the pre sequel? Do you have any thoughts on the upcoming Borderlands game in March? Uh, well, I don't think I've ever played the pre sequel, and my thoughts on the upcoming Borderlands game are sigh mm. i've never me and borderlands have never gotten on mm-hmm. i don't really like shooter looter grindy games and i don't really like borderlands specific sense of humor mm. fair the keep talking until it va- till something vaguely funny happens the joss whedon style quip quip a minute what's the quip a minute ratio <laughs> it's well i don't know exactly but it can't be very encouraging mm-hmm Super Stillmatic gives five British pounds to say, big fan of all the shows on Escapist. Could I get a shout out for robotrepublic.com and our YouTube podcast network, various various gaming content? And you know, that's surprised that doesn't happen more often. People just fishing for a plug. Oh, yeah. In their super chats. Look what, look what they just did. That was an efficient advertising right there. Well, there you go. Yeah. Robot-republic.com. I don't. I've never been there, and I have no fucking idea if it's good. But I just mentioned the name, so maybe out of curiosity, you could check it out. What else do you need? Phil Axelrod gives ten dollars and says nothing. <gasps> Strong silent type, I'm sure. Meister Kleister Heist Air gives five euros and says my first sequel disappointment, uh, DOA four. Now, what do we think that is? Dead or Alive? The beach volleyball game? Uh, well, it was a fighting game before it was a beach volleyball game. Oh, okay. Dead or Alive uh, Extreme Beach Volleyball was a spin-off from the Dead or Alive, the larger Dead or Alive franchise. Okay, okay. But as you've illustrated, most people now only know it has the beach volleyball game. <laughs> anyway, my first sequel disappointment, DOA 4 on Xbox 360, had fewer characters, costumes, levels, and worse Uncanny Valley jiggle physics. Better graphics, worse everything else. Well, I guess they were already figuring out what people were into that franchise for. Mm-hmm. Meister Class, the highest air. Mm-hmm. 
But Funny, it started started out Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, and like I think after two of those games, they just dropped the beach volleyball part and just called it Dead or Alive Extreme. Hmm. I guess they were kind of dropping the facade at that point. We, no one's here for the beach volleyball. We know what you perverts want. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, you know, gives five dollars to say the most important thing in a fighting game is is has is has two even hotter female characters than the last game with even better physics. Well, I guess that guy, you know, and Meister Kleister Heister are having their own little conversation in the super chats there. Perhaps you'll uh, come and join the one we're having at some point. Shin Megami Tensei Enjoyer gives two euro to say, I say mostly because I don't watch everything. Uh, that sounded like a follow-up to a previous super chat, but it wasn't. Okay, well, that was that was a little bit surreal. But thanks for your money, Shin Megami I Tensei. Do, enjoyer. I do feel like like a part of me just like woke has woken up, and like I'm trying to pick up on the conversation, and I can't quite get there via context clues. All right. Well, don't don't worry. There was no context there at all. Perfect. I mean, that's what happens if you, like, post something in the chat and then post a super chat that's a follow-up to the thing you post in the chat. Right. We only see the super chats, you mm-hmm. idiot. Uh, Marb Ahmed gives five Canadian dollars and says, should games have difficulty modes? Oh, this old chestnut. Can a game really be tightly designed if the player has the option to make it easier or harder? Marb Ahmed, this isn't the debate. We've had this debate before in places that aren't this. Yeah. And it's a stupid debate anyway. Yeah. And it always brings out the twats. Always. I mean, we weren't even debating it and it brought out a twat. <laughs> it brought out Marv Ahmed. <laughs> wow. Wow. Moving, right. moving on, Zaratha gives 10... Now, that's Brazilian real, isn't it? I think I remember that one. Ooh, all right. To say, well, I would say no whack, no hack, Jack is back in black, but someone decided to come to the stream in red and yellow like a hot dog with mustard. Anyways, here's some reels for the great content. Yeah. Was that the intention? Ketchup and mustard? Uh, you know what? Uh, I had no intention. I just, this was what I was wearing today. So this is what it is, red and yellow. Did you know when they were making uh, Mortal Kombat 3, they had those two robot characters? One of them was like, had the red palette swap, mm. and one of them had the yellow palette swap. Yeah, yeah. And they hadn't decided what their names were, so internally for a while they were just called Ketchup and Mustard. Oh, I love that. I love There's that. a fun little insider gaming history story for you. Also, quick fact about me: I dislike ketchup immensely. That's just Are you. Why? Because it's it's nothing but red sugar paste. I really hate the taste of ketchup. I don't I don't like it even a little bit. It's so gross to me. Well, that puts you in a bit of a minority. I it feel. does. It does. I you know I I like a savory, and ketchup is too sweet. I guess I agree with you there. Hmm. Although I've always liked a combination of sweetness with other flavors. It, I it like ham and pineapple pizza, for example. Mm. It can but, work. Uh, you know, I like I, I like I, a tomato on like on my hamburger. You you put a tomato on there, that gets like a burst of sweetness. That's real nice. I've always preferred a a potent sauce to that sort of thing. Anyway, mm. I like my uh, HP sauce, my Worcestershire. Sure, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll be with you there. 
Uh, I like putting balsamic vinegar on salads. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice pop. Nice, vibrant flavor there. Certainly is. Yeah, no one, you know, only idiots put ketchup on salads. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> don't put don't put ketchup on your salad, people. <laughs> Scavenger gives ten US dollars to say for me the categories of sequels are story, world, and character. Ask Creed Two is story stroke world one. Brotherhood is a straw story stroke character one. GTA is a world sequel. Castlevania is story sequels mostly. Okay. But what's a character sequel then? Oh, it's a sequel with the same character. Okay, I think I got. I, sure. I get you. I get you. So then, so then, in a character sequel, would you be free to change up the gameplay, or is that part of the character? I'm trying to think of examples of that. What's an example of a game that's a sequel to a previous game where it has the same character but a completely different gameplay? Right. Star Fox Adventures, maybe. Ooh, well, that's a, that's a damning example. Hmm. Or maybe that sequel to Flashback that turned it into a third-person shooter. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard, you know, like, unless we're talking about, like, you know, the weirdo Mario games where, you know... So this is the sort of thing that mainly happened over the course of gaming history as, like, technology made these massive quantum leaps, like, from 2D to, 2D to 3D. Yeah. Often you'd have a 3D sequel to an originally 2D game. Sure, sure, sure. That doesn't happen so much these days because hmm. technology is sort of plateaued. Except for with something like Risk of Rain and Risk of Rain 2. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Well, Ooh. that's a sort of indie developing on its own separate track, yes, isn't it? that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, Metroid Prime, but that's an older game. Metroid Prime's uh, rather old at this point. People bringing up Persona Strikers. That's an interesting case. Mm-hmm. It's a direct sequel to the story and characters, but completely different gameplay. Ooh, okay. I like that. Same was true of the Persona 4 dancing game, funnily enough. Where it kept the story going? It was a direct sequel to like the prior games uh, with the same characters, but it was a rhythm game dancing sim. I love that. I think that's hilarious. Weird, and it's weird because the the other rhythm games in the Persona franchise were like uh, unrelated spin-offs, like officially non-canon, didn't actually happen situation. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my favorite. I want more of that. Like, if if in order to figure out like what happened in between uh, Forbidden West and Zero Dawn, we needed to play like a, a DDR dancing game with Aloy, that would be hilarious, and I would love every minute of it. That would be weird. Well, a bit of weirdness that a lot of people rejected was that Halo Infinite's plot was following up a plot that was uh, not in, not just in the mainline Halo games. It was, I think, it was following up a plot that was in Halo Wars Two and some of the novels. Oh, okay. And I, for one, balked at that because who the fuck has played anything but the mainline Halo series besides Nick? <laughs> right, but uh, you know, like it can be done. It- it can be done with grace as long as they catch you up, right? That's the that's the hope. Is like, okay, here's what you missed. Here's the important points. <laughs> yeah, well, that Halo Infinite didn't do that. Oh, okay. Well, then, that's their problem. It was like, hey, remember that big conflict with Cortana we were setting up in the last game? That got resolved before this. So <laughs> here's a big baddie with a big beard who wants to kill you because he's a monster. <laughs> yeah, we took care of everything else. Don't worry about that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. That's fun. Back to basics. B Rye, B hyphen Rye. Okay, gives five British pounds and says, "Yachts, I bought your books for some holiday listing, but I finished them. If you could knock out a sequel sometime next week, that would be grand." You just want more and more these days, don't you? Fast I haven't even started like the next book yet. I've been meaning to, but there's a fucking newborn in the house and everyone's tired and I ain't got the time. Mm-hmm. Give, Probably going to start it in the spring. Rest, okay? A, a freshly rested Yahtzee will produce more. Give him a break, everyone. Oh, is that all that matters, is it? That I produce more? Yes. What am I, a fucking milk cow? You're only worth as much as you produce. I'm advocating for you to get more rest here, Yachts. Lighten up. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to late-stage capitalism. <laughs> Michael Broadman gives five US dollars and says, I'm happy with H colon FW. For Horizon Forbidden West. Thank you. <laughs> Being more of the same because there was only one game like it five years ago. If number five is the same, that would be bad. E.g. COD AC. Well, I'd argue there'd be quite a few other games that are quite like Horizon. Mm. All the other open-world games about asking about in a bush spring to mind. Mm-hmm. Even like all the shit with uh, taking down the big robot dinosaurs by hitting their weak spots was sort of ripped off from Monster Hunter. Sure, sure. Uh, and to to the spirit of your comment, you know, saying that if we get to, you know, the fifth installment in the Horizon series and they are still doing exactly the same thing, then we can start complaining. Uh, okay. You know, I again, yes and no, where it's like, you know, if if you have something that works and you still enjoy making it great, keep making it. Hopefully, we'll keep enjoying it. Uh, but, you know, we do get bored sometimes, and so it's okay to shake it up a little bit or to use your uh, well-recognized intellectual property to help push the bounds a bit. Well, how would they even do that if they're already at the point of being a massive open world? I mean, if you try to refine it down like Silent Hill 2 did, then... You know, the way the industry's set up these days, people will probably complain. Of course. <laughs> well, people will complain no matter what. That's the well, internet. Well, that's true. Mappy1964 gives $5 and says, My idea for good sequels are standalone games in the same universe, such as the Fallout series. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. With with so games that have essentially you know or that have very very similar gameplay that but that just take place in a different city, yeah, with different characters. I guess. I guess. I guess, but that's like that's same thing. That's that's a half dozen of one, six of the other, right? I guess it works something like Fallout because those games are like so open. It's they're go in a direction and find new adventures, sort of thing, like yeah. a big big uh, activity center box of toys sort of experience so they are games about the environment so you set it in a new city and it all feels new hmm. all right scavenger gives five dollars and says can we talk about the people befuddled by aloy having peach fuzz like a beard or not being built like two beach balls stuck on open scissors yeah i guess i've noticed in west there has definitely been a sort of deliberate lean into how should we put it? Non-conventional attractiveness in the main character. 
Say that whole sentence again. I I, I zoned out for a hot minute. <laughs> well, we're talking about how some people are complaining Aloy is a big uggo now. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Earlier when I was talking about legitimate criticism, that's what I was referring to. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Obviously, we should complain if uh, uh, we no longer want to fuck every single female character in gaming. Exactly. Exactly. No, and I think the internet has done a good enough job of dunking on that poor soul who has never met a woman before. Yes. Clearly, uh, complaining about that a woman has peach fuzz means they have a beard is just yodeling that you've never been within one foot distance of a woman. Yes. So I don't know if there's anything more we can add to that. I I think I, – I, I, I don't understand where this is coming from. Aloy looks roughly the same as she did in the first game. I think she looked a little, like, smoother in the first game. I think, <laughs> I think they've definitely uh, amped up the – you know, maybe it's just because it's more detailed, sure. the graphics. But it does feel like – the eyebrows are a bit thicker. The facial structure a bit, uh, a bit less chiselled. Sure. And, not, and you know, I don't, I don't care. No, I know. No one, no one should care. She's uh, no, no one, should, no one should care. She's it's just the, it's just the character that we are. I care more about how she seems to have the personality of a slightly damp pond. Correct, correct. That, as as we talked about earlier, I think that's the the bigger criticism of the game is is that like oh she seems to have learned nothing from our first grand adventure, yeah. um, and so that's reminds, the upsetting part. She, she yeah. reminds me of she reminds me unpleasantly of Lara Croft in the remake. Uh, more recent remake oh, series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, like it's okay. You know, it's okay for people to change as they get older. Uh, people look different. Uh, she might look different. I I don't know. I don't care. I to to my to my old man eyes, she looks roughly the same, and that's good enough to, for me. Okay, so yeah, Peach Fuzz used to be like an attractiveness point for some people mm. as you re- I seem to remember reading the old ian fleming james bond books all his like he was he was like a dirty old man so every time there was a female character showing up he'd like spend two and a half pages describing their uh, describing the contours of their body it feels like he'd always uh, include like some downy fluff in there somewhere i thought that was just what he was into you know it, it, it's a thing that humans have that literally all humans have uh yeah it's a thing Uh. (laughs) thanks for bringing that up yeah that just puts a bad taste in my mouth all the idiots reminding me of all the idiots on the internet (laughs) well it certainly would put a bad taste in your mouth if you're uncautious with your tongue scavenger gives two dollars to say tough to diss mcd's when jack wears their colors you know i diss mcd's but i still get that craving every now and again hell yeah I want to go down to the drive-thru and stuff my face with horrible burgers. <laughs> Rocking the, the solid McD's look here, you know. I... Carter Brofton gives $2 and says, Jesus, did you have to put the hard R in differently morphous? Well, I'm assuming you've only listened to the audiobook version, Carter Brofton, because actually my usage of it was with an A in the original text mm. and it was used as part of a larger discourse to explore explore the uh uh the uh, issues of someone jumping on if someone getting jumped all over for saying something like that mm. 
So, yeah, you're the idiot for pointing it out. Boom. It was used in an analytical context. Idiot. Lord Law gives five euro to say, I'm honestly surprised not more games stole the Mass Effect continue your save file thing. Seems like a great way to generate sales. Excuse me, Lord Law. It's actually the Ultima thing. The Ultima games were doing that from the very beginning. Ooh. You had a disc from like the run through the previous game, you could just plug that shit in and, and get your old character back. Yeah. I really would have liked that. I really would have liked that for Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do these days because the industry is all about encouraging you to buy a new console every bloody month. Mm-hmm. So you, they can't expect you to have your old save files from every game you've played. Yeah. Del Keys gives $5 to say, is it easier to just make standalone sequels that have elements of past installments, but narratively stroke gameplay wise to hold their own? I mean, the reason it's a sequel in the first place is because everyone liked the first game, right? So it needs to carry over elements of the first game. It just that that's the nature of sequels or serials or series or whatever, right? Well, apparently needs- that's, yeah, apparently that's all you need. That's that. So you need some connective tissue. Um, I think I think it's it's fine if you want to branch out of that connective tissue. I think like if you look at Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, you know, the combat on the surface is very similar. But as you delve deeper into Eternal's combat, like they did push those bounds a little bit more. They added a grappling hook. Uh, yeah, that certainly pushed the story bounds a bit since it took it out of like the one setting exactly sort of went a bit mad really <laughs> well suddenly we're suddenly we're going to the paradise realm and shooting up all the angels as well right but they also like they really tinkered with that like push forward combat system they really you know made yeah. it more of a puzzle like oh i need this so i need to do this in order to get this and and so i i applaud them for it it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea as compared to doom 2016 but i do know several people who like the changes they made story wise it seems to be like doing what god of war did the original series mm where every game was just finding new ways for Kratos to go all the more nuts and kill all the more godlike entities. <laughs> Fair. That's, uh, where were we? Uh, Matt gives $5 to say, Yahtzee, I'm working my first game and I had the realisation I've started to let feature creep get out of hand. How do you deal with this? So, don't do that. It- yeah, start yeah. cutting. Don't don't, fe- don't feature creep. Kill your darlings. Focus on the primary gameplay loop and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what editing Just, is for. As I say, you know, the all-purpose tip uh, applies here. Focus on the primary gameplay loop. Just focus on, like, the core experience you want the player to have. And uh, if it's getting too much, just trim. Mm-hmm. Just trim whatever feels unnecessary. Start Do cutting. it like that lady who does that thing where she goes to all your stuff and asks if it spreads joy yes does this spark joy yes if not cut it cut your baby get it out of there although you know i'm uh sort of getting bogged down with starstruck vagabond a bit but mm. i like to think i've drawn a firm line under where the game flooding mechanics will end <laughs> oh even that's like proving uh a bit much mm. sure 
Mitchell Emery gives uh, 179 British pounds, says, after Adventure is Nigh, I'd love to read a Jack Packard novel. You had any aspirations to write a book? I am the slowest damn writer. I've been working on someone. uh, uh, (laughs) uh, John over at The Escapist asked me to write an article for (laughs) escapistmagazine.com. And I said I would give it a try, but I warned him. I was, I'm was i a very slow writer. I i have many mental health issues. I write incredibly slowly. So, like, I've been writing an article for about three weeks now. Uh, that's how long it takes me. I would never be able to write a novel. <laughs> never, ever, ever. No. Yeah. Try writing a review and an extra punctuation every bloody week. I don't have that kind of brain. I can talk. If you, if, like... I can just talk for like an hour and then you take it, record it, and write down what I say. I lo- we can do that, but I cannot. Yeah, we write. know you can talk. Bloody hell, do we know that? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll write the Adventurous Nine novel at some point. There we go. Yeah, we'll give that. We'll give that yeah. to the uh, you know the person who's already a good author. How about that? Get some of that Dragonlance money. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Aaron Roberts gives five US dollars to say, how do you feel about the reset sequel that refocuses the franchise? I think of Resi 4 stroke 7 and how their sequels then added bloat to the new formula. Well, at that point, you might as well be making a completely different game. Mm. And that, that was really just slapping name recognition onto the game they wanted to make at that point. Right, which is part of a larger, part of a larger nostalgia problem that we have. Uh, mm. You know... I think there's nothing wrong with revitalizing an old series. I think it can work, but at the same time, like there's you, maybe you should focus on a new thing that can become a new a new series. But then not everyone will come and buy it, thinking it's the thing from that they recognize. <laughs> Incidentally, uh, Shinji Mikami's got a new game coming out soon. Ghost, what's it called? Ghostwire Tokyo, something like that. Oh, I think I've heard of that, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Because Shinji Mikami's always done interesting stuff when with new IPs. He, after all, he was the dude who made Resident Evil in the first place. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing uh, like a like a teaser for Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It looks fun. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Hansen gives 20 Australian dollars to say, hey, Yards and Jack, thanks for all your work. Yardsy, you've mentioned if you're playing anything repetitive or with a grind, you'll chuck on a podcast. What are you listening to at the moment? Stroke, any recommendations? I feel like lately I've been on a sort of speedrunning kick. I like listening to explanation videos for speedruns. Ooh, sure. And not so much the speedruns themselves, just... Uh, uh, or, um, like weird sort of skill runs mm-hmm. like I, I was the other day i was watching uh an hour-long video of someone explaining how he played through persona 5 while doing absolutely nothing <laughs> just like the main character does nothing except guard in combat and he just sees if he can get through the game uh with just the ai npc party members doing their thing Ooh. turns out on, only after Lots and lots and lots of grinding. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I also enjoy those kind of explanation videos that break down uh, different ways to uh, to deal a game in a challenging new fashion. Mm-hmm. I quite like those Yimfa videos where he explains how to do shit like play through Bloodborne only using guns. Yes, yeah, yeah. But uh, he doesn't he doesn't narrate the videos. It's all just visuals and text, so it's not so good to put on the background while you're playing something else. Sure. I like to put that one on when I'm feeding the baby. Because 
as you're probably aware, you're just holding the bottle for like half an hour. Yep. So you just want to have something on you can watch. And because it doesn't really have like much narration, I don't have to have the volume up loud enough that it wakes up everyone in the house. Mm. There you go. Boom. I like it. Uh, uh, Jacques McKeown gives one Canadian dollar and says nothing. Just wanted to show off his name, I think. Pretty much. Shame he spelled it wrong, Ooh, but yeah. never mind. <laughs> it's McKeown with a C. McKeown. Not M-A Keown. It's in the book. Yeah, in, read the book. Just, it's in the book. <laughs> it's already written down for you. Fill my ass up. Thank you. Always a pleasure to see Phil Mayas up in the chat. <laughs> Gives 15 Norwegian kroner to say, is it just me or is the Sims series the biggest sequel scam in history? Well, you say that, but when was the last Sims game? That was years ago, wasn't it? The Sims 4? I think they realised there's no real point in putting out new ones because it just fucks up all the mods and they can just continually sell more asset yeah. packs. Yeah. The formula was sort of perfected with the Sims 3 anyway. Right, well, and... Uh... I I'm not I'm not messing with Sims fans. Like Sims fans are some of the most hardcore gamers out there, and they know what they want, and that they, they, yeah. they got it. I'm so I'm just gonna leave that alone. I hesitate to call it a game series. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's certainly niche, yeah, but it's more a uh, you know, you know, people like playing dolls' houses. Yeah, yeah, it's thing. weird. It's weird. NN24HD gives two euros to say, why did you never review Outer Wilds? Oh, but I did, NN24HD. I did a little review of it in my first uh, roundup of games I didn't review video from 2019. I think my conclusion in the brief review I put in there was that I like the game in principle, but I always seem to stop after a while and get bored. Mm -hmm. That's exactly my sentiment. I well, love the core concept. Jesus Christ, these super chats are coming in thick and fast. Oh, crap. We should probably just drop discussing topics altogether and just start super chats in the very beginning in future. <laughs> Devon Sires gave five US dollars and says, speaking of bare minimum, if re-releases or remakes either don't exist or end up worse, would you think it ethically sound to emulate them instead? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's just expressing your consumer. Uh, um, I've forgotten a word. Your consumer dissatisfaction. There you go. And uh, if if publishers realise they're losing money by not putting out decent remasters, then it's on them to put out a good one. I mean, what they're going to do? Stop emulation, the way the music industry stopped. Downloading music. Absolutely. They 100% stopped it. <laughs> well, they stopped it by, like, you know, embracing it. Right. They, they stopped selling $60 CD albums and instead uh, got into just selling single tracks for a dollar. It turned out people were happy to pay for it because it was reasonably priced and easy to get. Yeah. And that's what killed music sharing. That's true. Much like Steam uh, initially put a huge stop to pirating games as it was easier to obtain your games digitally. Yeah, mm -hmm. and reasonably priced. Mm -hmm. That's like I said before. I mean, this, these, this is a pretty big if, but if your product's reasonably priced and easy enough to get, most people are happy to pay, pay for it. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. I think so. 
I th- and I think like that's that's shown more often than not. Like people who pirate games, I think there there are some people who are going to pirate, who are going to steal, you know, no matter what. And there's no there's no point in which you can get them to stop. And that's just you know that's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah, you can't stop the internet. Mm-hmm. You can just go with the flow, man. Lennet Soikaboik. Oh, hang on, missed one. Uh, AJ Phillips gives ten US dollars to say throwing ten dollars at some of my favorite content creators to get my money's worth. Are there things a video game sequel can take advantage of that movies or books can't? Thanks to the interaction. Well, yeah, as we said, we you can evolve the gameplay, add a new dimension to it. Like um, you could do something like what Doom does in uh, Doom twenty sixteen. Mm. It has the no holds barred shooty action of the originals, but it adds new elements like verticality and uh, um, all those upgrade elements and the challenges to kill enemies in specific ways. Absolutely. Well, and, and none yeah. of which none of which interferes with the core loop of tearing the shit out of demons' bum holes, but uh, but elevates it, as we said. Yeah, games games have the opportunity to be inherently more narratively satisfying because they have more mechanics behind them. With you know, with with a movie, you just have the audio and visual uh, elements yeah. to play around. Video with. games, of course, video games have advantage because they have they have another track there. Absolutely, a film has it can elevate its story and its visuals. Not much else. The video game can elevate story, visuals, and gameplay. Exactly. So just from the math alone, they have that. The The question is, with, with a sequel, will they be willing to take the risk to try something new with their gameplay? And, you know, some do, some fail. I think um, uh, what what Jemate and I talked about in, in our... Uh, in our um, uh, Dark Souls 2 video where Dark Souls 2 was pushing at the bounds of the story that they were trying to tell with their gameplay and I think succeeded in several places also failed in several places uh, but yeah a sequel definitely has that advantage specifically in games Leonard Soikaboik um, I said your name twice because I like it so much <laughs> It was five euros to say, hey, Jack, me and a couple of friends want to get into D&D, but nobody of us have ever played it. Hmm. Any tips? Where to start? One of you's got to be the DM, and if you're the one asking the question, my guess is it's going to be you. Uh (laughs) So where would you start? Just like by the uh, DM's manual and get reading? Uh, you know, you're, uh, of course, that's the biggest pain in the ass is like there is a cost involved. But no, you know what? Start by watching videos on how to prepare games. Like there is a ton of YouTube content out there. That's how I started is I just started watching people and say like, oh, this is how I prepare combat. This is how like you've the time it takes you to learn how to make a fucking character in D&D is beyond me. It's so it's so jank. Um, but like, just, you have to figure out how to do it so you can explain it to your friends. Yes. D and D certainly seems to have some jank rules to it. As we've discovered <laughs> in Adventure is nice recording recently. <laughs> so. See, after, after uh, I'm, I'm still convinced we haven't interpreted these rules, right? But I've somehow inadvertently min maxed Mortimer so that he can no longer roll below 19 in deception. Yeah, that's true. 
That's true. Your your minimum stat for a deception check is 19. And as far as I can tell, that is by the book. That is the rules. <laughs> well, I'm sure once once that series airs, there'll be a lot of rules lawyers that will tell us how we fucked up. Absolutely. But but that's okay. So like ba- basically what you need to do with your group of friends is you need to figure out which one of you is going to DM. Like I said, my guess is it's you because you seem to be the one actively seeking that out. Once you have your DM, then you all need to learn how to build characters, and then you just start. Just and and there's so many fantastic videos about like this should be your first campaign. Make it make a little puzzle thing, make a little combat thing, make a little role play thing. Much like I did go. with episode zero of Adventures Night, and then you figure out what your friends like, and then you make more of that. Boom, easy piece. Yeah, I don't go nuts with world building right off the gate. Just start with a nice simple dungeon crawl, yep. like what Jack did. Exactly. Oh, you, you're, here's a dungeon. There's some goblins, but the, oh, there's a puzzle. A bridge is down. You got to figure out how to get across this shaky bridge. Boom. And there's treasure at the end or a hostage or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Fried Rich Red Cat gives 199 euros to say, I am Henry VIII. Well, thanks for letting us know. Mm-hmm. Fried Rich Red Cat, I'll make a note. Alex Ricks gives $2 to say, try Sir Kensington's ketchup. It is not sweet. See, I feel like ketchup's popularity is that people are used to the flavor now and anything that's not exactly like what we know of as ketchup will just get rejected at large. Hmm. There was a fun Reddit relationship story once about some dude who who really, really wanted to uh, sell better ketchup. And he created this whole scenario where he he was trying to persuade his friends to like create this whole um, theatrical event in a restaurant, where one of them would one of them would say, "Boy, this ketchup just isn't as tasty as I as I'd want ketchup to be." And then like this dude would go, "Actually, I'm a ketchup entrepreneur. Maybe you could try some of this, and let's make it seem like an impromptu conversation." Yeah. And the way he described it made it sound like. It would be the cringiest thing imaginable. Yeah. <laughs> and did it work? Did he sell his delicious ketchup? No, I think the the main dude who was being recruited into this theatrical production uh, sort of put the kibosh on the whole no. thing because it, because any moron would know that it was a stupid idea. Yes, yes, yes. And as I say, most people just want. <laughs> you know, ketchup to be bland yeah. and sweet. They just want sweet red paste. That's it. Yeah. Mm. Holy Sock gives five British pounds to say, what do you think the about the larger cultural drive and want for video game sequels over other forms of art? Well, the people, the cunts who run the world want to ensure we have our bread and circuses, I suppose. Video. Probably why they all, all these sequels always get such a big fuss mm-hmm. in marketing. I mean, video games are the biggest form of entertainment on the planet and have been for several years. Yeah, I, it's the yeah biggest money maker. It's the biggest money maker. It's where people are spending more of their time than watching TV or movies. Like, yeah, that's the world now is video games, and that's okay. I, I may like yeah maybe I'm not understanding the question, but it's okay that people are playing video games. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. SVS Guru 2000 gives five euros to say how different is too different for a sequel. For example, a jump from an open world RPG to a city builder. 
Well, I guess um, that depends on the audience. Mm. If uh, I mean, ideally, I mean, surely the whole point of making a sequel is that you want the audience to uh, uh, buy the product by uh, exploiting their connections to the previous product. So if it's a completely different game, you're sort of selling yourself short. Right. I think there's some there's some uh, good in uh, like continue uh, making that part of the world. Whereas, oh, I really like the world of this game, and now I can get to build towns in this world, and it's a completely separate game, but it's part of the same universe. That could be fun. That could be fun. As Nick says in the chat, probably time to start wrapping up super chats, folks. And yeah. you know he's serious because you know he wants all the super chats in the world. <laughs> He wants all your money. When, but, uh, so when he's at the point where he's telling you to wrap up the super chats, there's it's, we've probably been going on too long. Yeah, when the boss says, "Hey, stop making money," you know we got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> stop making us money. We we don't know where to put it all. <laughs> the the mattress is like six foot off the ground now. Uh, fill my ass up gives. <laughs> But I guess we'll better rattle through these quick. Yeah. Phil my ass up gives a hundred Norwegian kroner to say good sequel to my opinion is one that take the existing formula but introduce a new mechanic to base it around. Dishonored two be better had it be better if it was built around the time hop gadget. Well, that's arguable. Uh, I, I like. But, uh, yeah, as I was saying, you know, if you're elevating the mechanics, you can't just like add new things that just make it easier. Add right. new gimmicks. You need to add uh, something to the core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think so the core I, of Dishonored 2 so was very strong, and I really enjoyed the time hop level. I, I think any more, and it probably would have gotten annoying. So I think they balanced that really well. Though it was kind of weird that um, Titanfall 2 also had the exact same mechanic. Yes. And also only did it in one level. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was weird. I, I think someone was uh, copying somebody's homework. Mm. Yeah, it's fine. It's fun. It's fun to have like one level of something weird in a big game. Hang on. Someone's telling me I missed somebody's super chat. Uh oh. Did you? Yeah, I'm just scrolling down through them. Dave uh, LeBlanc. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing a previous super chat, Dave LeBlanc. Maybe we just haven't gotten to it yet. Um, Because there's a lot. There is a lot. On this list. I'm I'm just scrolling up through the YouTube chat and I'm not seeing I'm not seeing one, Dave. Well anyway. Dashus Navnull gives ten US dollars to say, what do you all think about the pushback against NFTs in gaming? Do you think that there is any room for blockchain in gaming a la Ready Player One? I don't really get any of this NFTs rubbish. I just know it's uh, it's a, another way that the country run the world are stealing money. Yeah. NFTs, so it's probably bad. NFTs are a scam and a pyramid scheme. And they don't belong anywhere. Okay. Boom. Uh, watch that Folding Ideas video on it. Yeah. Uh, Zada, with an X, says uh, gives $5. And says, I've heard start with game mechanics, then add story. Is that a good measurement? If you can improve mechanics, then sequel else DLC is a better fit? Well, yeah, I usually say start with the primary gameplay loop and then paste the story around that. I guess unless you're making like a visual novel or something. Great. Nothing to add. Excuse me. <laughs> All right then. 
car to Broughton, gives two US dollars, and says, both of you, worst in real life fan interaction. Well, the one I, keep, I always go back to is where someone asked to shake my hand and then said he just wanted to touch someone who touched Gabe Newell. Oh. I, I remember saying at the time, a little bit creepy, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I think I've had nothing but positive fan interactions. Usually someone says, hey, I like the things you do. Thanks. And I go, great. Thanks for saying so. Bye. So I don't know if I've had a bad fan interaction. Everybody's been oh, super things cool. Were a bit we- things were a bit weird for me earlier on when I was first had like my big viral success. Oh, okay. I did like a like a a talk at a library once, and I, there was a and the room they set aside for it was way too small for the huge crowd that showed up. Oh, and they were all like outside the door, banging on the glass. It was all very embarrassing. That is weird. I want to stress this was very early on when I was very trendy. <laughs> Like, I remember one time, it wasn't really creepy, but I was in the grocery store with both of my very young children. And, uh, you know... Uh, Nick says he sent you the member chats that we've missed, apparently. Oh, 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 shit. Apparently we have. Uh, I was at a grocery store with my two very young children, and someone, like, stopped me and wanted to talk about, you know, a bad movie or something like that. And, like, my kids were young and, like, it was hard enough just to go grocery shopping with two young kids. And so, like, that was a little awkward, but that was the worst of it. Where I'd be like, oh, yeah, thanks. No, I have to go because, you know, kids. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah." But, no, everything I've had has been fine. All right. That guy, you know, gives five years dollars to say, how many Halo players have actually played the campaigns and not just skipped a multiplayer? I don't know. Great. Good point. That guy, you know. Jano Julian Moreira Aslan gives 200 arses. Ooh, always need more of those. To say the problem with Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West is that it's a hero's journey game, but the journey doesn't matter and the hero doesn't change. It starts as a gentle, capable warrior and ends as a gentle, capable warrior. I agree. Jumbly Wobbly gives 10,000 CRC <laughs> to say... One, the bare minimum expectation for sequels is out of a functional game. Let the sky be the limit for experimentation. Majora's Mask, Silent Hill 2, etc. Two, Yahtzee, do you have any opinions on the word fungible? Yep. Well, whenever I see it, I always think of mushrooms because it's got fungi right in there. There you go. There you go. Rob Berenger gives 10 years to say, looking to feed my need for parasocial interactions, which do you prefer? Anthology series using the same primary gameplay loop or sequels that change the gameplay loop? I don't know. They're fine as long as the game's good individually. Why do I have to say one's better than the other? Why can't we all just get along? That would be nice. Sorry, I'm not letting you get a word in there, Drew. Yeah, I've noticed that, so I'm just, letting you, I'm just letting you go. Okay. <laughs> just, you know, interrupt if you've got something very, very insightful sure. to say. I, I disagree about your hero's journey comment about Aloy in the first Horizon. Uh, I haven't gotten enough into the second to make a comment about that. But sometimes the hero's journey isn't necessarily about the character changing. It's about the world changing uh, around them. Well, there you go. <laughs> Ali Hashmi says, uh, gives $10 and says, Yahtzee and Jack, I've been writing reviews for an outlet that requires scores at the end. Sometimes go back to the usual break it down into parts thing with games. How does one tackle that? Well, I guess there's no real winning with scores. Never is. They're never going to be able to summarize a complex opinion numerically. Mm-hmm. And whatever you put, people are going to complain about it. Mm-hmm. Might as well just, you know, pick a random number. Oh, that would be really fun. Just roll a dice. Yeah. Just roll, yeah. <laughs> like roll a D10. And, and it's like, be like, the D10 says it's this, and that means it's good. <laughs> yeah. Or just, or just, you know, troll them. 
Yeah. Say, so this game is Toffee Apple out of nine. Ooh, I like that. That's great. <laughs> Rufus Omega gives 10 British pounds and says, I think more of the same sequels are fine if needed for the story. You can't keep working on something forever. Eventually, you have to draw a line under it and release. Agree, stroke, disagree? Uh, agree, I guess. I agree with your ending sentiment that sometimes yeah. it's like it's better just to finish a project. But I'm not sure how that relates to the first part, but that's okay. Although Star Citizen would argue that maybe you can just keep making a game forever. <laughs> but um Jumbly Wobbly comes back with 25,000 CRC. That might be a lot of money. I don't know. I, I'm assuming it's a fairly low value of currency, but it did show up in red, Ooh. which usually means it was uh, a fairly big one. Great. I think you have to like, pay at least 50 bucks to get to get it to show up in red oh okay american yeah um yes they were saying the only thing i would like to steal is the way to jack and yahtzee's hearts also what is a sequel you can think of that on the surface looked deceptively fresh and new but on further study you realize it's part two of more of a franchise Boom. Uh, Boom. Oh. Uh, I, I, franchises are usually very good at presenting themselves as part of a franchise. So I don't think any franchise tries to hide the fact that they're doing the same thing. I think they're hoping that you think they're doing the same thing so that they can mm. continue to sell themselves. So it's really hard to think of an example of a franchise that said, we're doing something new, but then didn't, you know? Uh, yeah what he said okay great uh fried rich red cat comes in with 199 euros and says henry the eighth i am i am there we go oh i see he's trying to do the whole song one line at a time well i ain't complaining because you're giving us cash yay jonathan love so gives five dollars and says yes have you read The Blade Itself by Joe Abercrombie? I think you'd love the series. By the way, love your books. Now, I have not read that. Maybe I should. I've been looking for a new book to read. There you go. Cudlack13 gives $2 and says, you've been skipping the membership chats. Yes, all right. Jack uh, will read them out once I'm done with these ones. Yes, Nick sent Dave me... Dave DeBlanc gives $5 Canadian dollars and says, you missed my previous super chat. Yes, all right, fine. L.S. Steer gives uh, 20 US dollars and says, I'm about 40 minutes behind on the stream. Sorry if you've answered this. Would you say a good sequel keeps the primary gameplay loop while innovating in a secondary and tertiary loops? Yeah, sure. That's one of the things a good sequel could do. There's many out. Anyway, yes. All right. Have you got those other chats? Some member chats that we missed uh, because they didn't show up. Dave DuBlanc, who's been a member for four months in early access, said, Monster Hunter Rise ruined my hunting horn. Great. Cudlack13 has been a member for 23 months of a bonus content. How do you feel about the Saints Row sequels? Let's not forget the first game and their tendency to be increasingly wacky. And which is your favorite? Oh, I really liked Saints Row 4. Hmm. I really liked the way they took, like, it started out as the original framework of Saints Row 3 and then added superpowers mm-hmm. and uh, uh, turned into a sort of superhero sandbox. Yeah. And that's a great really, way to do it. Just be weirder. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. There you go. Uh, I thought it was a fun... I mean, it was clear that they'd sort of stopped caring about consistency in that series, and it was fun <laughs> to go with them on that crazy ride. Yeah. 
There you go. That's a positive sequel success. Uh, Manev Sridharan, thank you for being an early access member for 13 months. Yahtzee, have you checked out Card Shark on Steam? No. Great. One dead saint. Early access for 23 months. If Minecraft is so good, where's Minecraft 2? Boom. Roasted Minecraft. Boo. It's 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 that sims problem again isn't there no one wants a minecraft 2 when they just want more they, content they packs. More minecraft right because they just fuck up all the mods if they put another one out exactly so why 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 have a minecraft 2 you've already done it uh boo radley 742 has been a member for 12 months of early access fudgy or cakey brownies this is important uh, fudgy please i'm a big old fudge packer I do like me some fudge. If I'm eating cake, I would rather yeah. have cake. Yeah, if I wanted cake, I'd eat cake, not brownies. Yeah. Get with it. And that's all the member chats that we missed. We did it, Yachts. We got hey. through it all. Phew. Thanks, everybody, now, for coming out. I'm going to have some lunch, but not before our prerequisite waking up the sleepy dog moment. Ooh, uh-oh. Where's the sleepy dog? <laughs> 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 Hold on. Get him on camera. There he, there he is. is. There he is. Oh, oh adorable. Oh, Dave, Dave LeBlanc says, him. last super Henry chat for the, the road. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thanks for coming out. We're leaving now. 